Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Husker Cuscat Sports Show. This is a Herd at Sports podcast. Justin here along with cousin Derek. Tyler is in San Diego uh, on holiday. Happy holidays to all of our listeners. Uh, Today is a very special day because it is signing day. And Nebraska had one hell of a signing day. A signing day where two weeks ago if we were to have this conversation... We'd be like, yay, signing day. But now Dylan Rayola flips his commitment from Georgia to Nebraska to make this a huge signing day. So, Derek, your thoughts on this uh, signing day? I mean, this is probably most excited I've been for a signing day in a while. Uh, you know, and I, I know that the, the whole uh, Dylan Rayola thing was such a uh, – it's been such a roller coaster ride, I guess. You know, when he committed Monday, I believe it was Monday night. I think is when he committed. When he actually committed Monday night, yeah. Well, we we heard that he was visiting. That he was well, going to be visiting, and, and it sounded very likely that he was going to commit. And it sounds like he did commit over the weekend, but they made it they made it public on Monday. But there was still that small party of that it was like. I hope to God this guy hurries up and signs his letter of intent and doesn't drag this out all day. Yeah. And he was the first one to get it in. So it was pretty awesome. I was like, I was pretty stoked to have him be the first guy. I mean, I, who better than to have him have the first si- letter of intent signed? Like, yeah, you, you can ask for a better guy to do it. And I mean, Daniel Kalen, I, I we'll talk about him a little bit too, just because, I, I guess we'll just get into this whole co- quarterback conversation a little bit here because I, I want to I give a lot of kudos to Daniel Kalen. I, I've been a little hard on that kid. I, was, I think I told you guys, I believe even on the, on the podcast, that I'm not overly impressed with uh, him as a – was not overly impressed with him as a recruit. He wasn't a lead 11 uh, quarterback. But a lot of that's had like seven-on-seven seven stuff. And when you're looking at what he did in high school this year, and they didn't make it very far in the playoffs and – he had some good receivers thrown too, and I, just, I don't know. Statistically, I don't think he had a great season, so I was a little skeptical about him. But it would have been really easy for him just sit back and go, you know what? I'm pretty sure being an elite eleven quarterback, I could find probably twenty other schools that take me a last minute. And so for him to stick with Nebraska, I, I kudos to that kid. Let him come compete. Hopefully, he can give Rayola at least a little bit of run for his money 
you know, iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. Well, just to just to add to all of the quarterback drama that we've experienced in the past week, you know, we've already talked about Dylan Rayola making his, uh, you know, uh, the announcement that he's going to be coming to visit. But, you know, I mean, uh, McCord, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we were just like all dialed in on Kyle McCord as a transfer from Ohio State. And Ohio State, he comes to visit Nebraska. Dylan Rayola, he announces it. Last podcast, we're talking like, oh my God, the possibility of getting two five-star uh, quarterbacks on the roster at the same time. Well, we, we all know what happened. Cal McCord, you know, it wasn't going to happen there. And so then you hear... And, and, and it was, uh, from everything I'm reading, it does sound like Riola coming in put a kibosh to him coming. Like, Sure. It, it sounds like he was set to come until Riola said, nope, I'm coming. But just to finish painting this picture, and then it's like, okay, McCord's out of the picture. Dylan Rayola's in. Uh, Daniel Kalen, he's going to go visit Michigan State. It's like, uh, what's going on here? And then the emotional or the quarterback roller coaster, it continues to today when we hear that Chubba Purdy is going to be entering the transfer portal. So talk about a crazy two weeks in that quarterback room. You know, the, the yeah. only person that's like, you know, he's he's sitting there in, in the back row by himself is Heinrich Harburg. He's like, I ain't doing shit. I'm just sitting here. I'm just watching all of this, you know, <laughs> watching it just like all of us. And, and yeah, it, and it was funny because you te- you had text that out. And I'm, I'm going to call Tyler out on this a little bit because he's he mentioned here. Well, that too, but I, I no, you know, I'd call him out if he was here too. Uh, but when you text that out, he said he didn't know how much he really believed it. He didn't know it was a very credible source that had put that information out. But we were looking for the scholarship distribution chart, and I couldn't find an updated one, by the way. Uh, but anyway, as soon as I opened up Omaha World Herald front page, Purdy's transferring. Yeah. Went 24-7, front page, Purdy's transferring. Went to on three, front page, Purdy's expected to transfer. Now, he's not in the portal yet, but it's expected. And last yeah. time they did this was with Sims, and it took him another week and a half to get in there. So right. uh, g- give it some time. But I assume that if Sean Callahan and some of these other guys are, are, are reporting it, then there's some truth to it. If Chubba Purdy's dad is sharing a tweet about him possibly enter, or about him entering the transfer portal, there's it's true. It's okay? probably it's probably coming pretty soon. It's probably true. Unless his dad's just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe his dad's trying to get him to transfer. I don't know. I mean No, but overall, I mean the, the quarterback room has been crazy. I kind of worry about the quarterback room headed into fall camp. Because right now, let's look at the scholarship quarterbacks that we have on the roster right now. We have incoming Daniel Kalen, Dylan Rayola, and then we have Henrik Harburg. That's it. Chubba Purdy is out of the picture. So, Derek, what do we do here? I mean, are we at a point where now you have to go out and grab a transfer quarterback? We tried that, but... It's going to be tough, that, and that's going to be a problem. That's going to be the problem. Is it's going to be tough. You, it's going to be tough to get a one or two year guy without trying to almost guarantee him a spot to start. And 
there's probably not one out there that you're going to be able to guarantee a start over Rayola. I mean, it just – Yeah. Well, and, so and, it, and maybe you can get a quarterback that is better than Raiola in year one. And, and it's that's not saying it's not possible because <clears throat> uh, that is very possible. A like five-star quarterback still needs to develop as much as anybody else. Uh, but it's just going to be tough. I And Rules straight up said he doesn't want to get a one-year quarterback. He doesn't want a one-year. But when he made those comments today, Chubba Purdy was still – on the roster, and ma- shit, maybe maybe Rule know, knew that Chubba Purdy was I, I going to transfer, knew, but 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 I mean, at, the I, end, at the end of the day, to answer your question, Justin, yes, I think it would be smart to go get a transfer quarterback if you have room. I mean, you, get, you still got to make room on this roster. That's the problem. Yeah, and we don't know what that scholarship uh, count is today. No, we I mean, don't. Maybe tomorrow we will find out what those numbers really look like. But you got to think with the class that they brought in. What was it? Twenty nine signees today. Yeah, I mean, we're looking I, at I, again. In the I, I, I got to so tell you. I got to tell you. This is the part about recruiting that kind of drives me nuts because it depends on which site you look at. Because on three has us at twenty six signees, and twenty four seven has us at twenty nine. And so I was. I went through and looked, and on three does not have a signing. Evan Taylor, the uh, linebacker from North Carolina, or Alexander Rugaroli from Nevada, which I know he's walking on. He's walking on, right. And so that was one of the commits on 24-7. That's one of the 29. And then uh, Camden Cook wasn't on on three. So I'm wondering if he's going to be a walk-on as well. Hmm. And I'm, I'm, wondering the same, I'm wondering the same thing with that Evan Taylor. <clears throat> but I don't, I don't know. You know what I've noticed, you know, like uh, we both subscribe to On3. I love On3. I love love Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robert Washington. They do an excellent job. And they do a scholarship distribution uh, chart. And I always, every time it's updated, I print it out and I keep it here in the podcast room. And, but listening to them talk, like they, they have IGC listed on the scholarship distribution chart, but if you hear them talk, they're like, ah, we're hearing that he might not have been on scholarship. He might have been a walk-on. Well, I mean, he's on the scholarship distribution charts. So I guess what I'm trying to say is on three, they have their scholarship distribution chart, 24-7, Omaha, World Herald. They all do it. But I think they're just guessing. They're just they're, guessing. You that, would think that Sean Callahan would be in the know if IGC was on the scholarship because they've been leaving it on there. They're like, ah, he might not have been. Yeah, I mean, they've said it numerous times in the sure. RSS chat that they're not sure if he was on scholarship or not. I mean, yeah, yeah it's been, it's been, it's been brought up a few times, and 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 he can't. Now, I'm a little confused on how that works too, because I think there's rules against going from scholarship to walk on, and going on an NIL deal. Like, I don't think you can just do that. But well, he left the team. But though. he left the team and came yeah. back, and so I think they could have done it with him, and so. It's a, it's a very good possibility he was here on an NIL deal or just walked on and paid for his tuition. I don't know. So uh, we got a lot to get into. I do want to uh, give Tyler uh, his due because I did ask him his thoughts on the recruiting. And he simply said, I am thrilled we got DR. That's it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tyler, the man of many words. I am um, thrilled we got Dr. So, I, I, how bad can he possibly butcher his name? You know, when you say Dr., you, you can't butcher that. <laughs> I so, kid. I, I kid. Tyler knows how to say his name. I'm sure. Um, you know. So let's get into that a little bit, just just for shits and giggles here. What are your thoughts on this class? I mean, because Dr. is a big part of this class. But overall, what are your thoughts? Because I like it. I like this class a lot. Uh, if you were to ask me uh, before Dylan Rayola entered the picture, it was a good class. It was a good class. Yeah. You know, I mean. Uh, it, it was an average Nebraska class. Yeah. It, it was something that you expect from Nebraska. Yeah. It's good. Not it's, great. Not it, bad. It's near, but, top, it's near top 25 type class, which is what it is with Rayola too. But, I mean, it was, it was already close to that. But this is what I like. So uh, the place I work, they're an auto company out of Detroit. A lot of Michigan fans there. And I was able to successfully talk some shit today to them, to some (laughs) Michigan fans, because Nebraska had a five-star in that column and Michigan did not have a five-star. Who cares that they were like – you know, two or three spots ahead of us in the rankings. We had a five-star. They did not. So, yes, Dylan Rayola definitely makes this class uh, superior. I mean, this is a huge get. I mean, it's – there was a conversation that I wanted to have prior to Chubba Purdy transferring, which was, is Dylan Rayola, is he guaranteed to start game one? And I was not willing to guarantee that. At the time, with Chubba Purdy and everything, you know, that I thought I saw from him last year. But now, I mean, without getting a transfer, Derek, I mean, it's 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 I, well, like Dylan Rayola or a bust at this I, point, I, right? I, I, yeah, I was in that boat anyway. I, to, to me, Purdy and Harburg were 1A and 1B. I, I'll probably get it hammered for that, whatever. <laughs> I, neither one of them were great. I think they both played well when they were healthy. Neither one of them played well when they were banged up, whatever. Neither one of them were going to lead this team to great things. Raiola, he's going to lead this team to great things, I believe. It may not be his freshman year. Mm -hmm. It may be a tough year. But just remember, we were an adequate quarterback play away from seven, eight wins last year. Right. I mean, so I don't need him to be – the five-star kid that he is in year one. I just need him to be better than what we've had. And really, it's not even so much that he needs to be better. It's just I, I need him to control the ball better. Don't He, he, he only threw – I heard he had like 88 touchdowns to 11 interceptions throughout his high school career. Yeah. It's impressive. I don't – I, I mean, he is that. a, he's I, a I huge talent. I don't need that. Just get me 20 to 10. Get me – 17 to 10. Just, I mean, keep, keep it something like that. I mean, just give me some, just give me average to good quarterback play. And we're going to win a lot of games. I believe with this defense. Yeah. So back to the class itself. I mean, uh, yeah, Dylan Gabriel, uh, Dylan Rayola, he makes this class, I mean, top notch in my Eyes. But, you know, th- there are some really good dudes. Uh, Carter Nelson, the big oh. tight end from Ainsworth. 
I mean, have you seen his highlight reel? Yeah. I mean, so the the things he did at quarterback, uh, I mean, he did he have like over 100 touchdowns in a single year between quarterback, tailback, receiver? I mean, this dude had like, it was ridiculous. This was back NCAA football back in the day when you just like set it for like rookie level and then, you know. You just like Wait, light up the everybody. world. This is exactly what he did. And if you look at his huddle film, he's so much bigger, so much faster than all of his the uh, counterparts that he's playing with. But you know, I mean, that's the level of competition. Is it going to translate to uh, Power Five football? You, you I think funny. so. He's, he's a big he's dude. Still, he's still not as big as um, Fedoni. No, you're right. right. You're right. He's six four, two hundred fifteen pounds is what he's listed at. Yeah, and I think what, what was what was Fedoni six 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 seven? I don't know if he was that big actually. Is he not quite that big? I don't remember. But I thought I thought Fedoni was a little bit bigger than him. Yeah, but I thought you, it was big six five. But whatever. Okay, but can you imagine having both them guys out there? Yeah, like, that's, that's a big deal. I, I yeah, I love Carter Nelson. Uh, Preston Tawa. I, to uh, Mao, Tyler, <laughs> help Derek out here. Yeah, I can really use Tyler's help. I don't do good with the Hawaiian names either. Uh, you know, he's the number one player out of Hawaii. Yeah. So I, he, he's uh, probably not a guy you're going to see right away. He's an interior offensive lineman. So probably not a guy you see right away, but excited to see this kid. Grant Bricks, massive get. I, I'm, I'm so excited to see those two guys on this offensive line at some point. Uh, hey, can can I just throw something out? I, I wanted to get this in during the Car- uh, Carter Nelson thing. Okay. Uh, according to 24-7, I mean, we have two, we recruited two guys out of the 24-7 top 50. We signed those guys. Two guys out of the top 50. That doesn't happen at Nebraska very often. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome. It's pretty amazing. But Will's, yeah. Uh, Will's doing a good thing. There's no doubt about it. Um, one other guy I wanted to bring up, and I, I, well, there's plenty of guys to bring up, and I'm sure we could talk about more of them throughout the show. But I want to talk about Willis McGahee the fourth. Mm-hmm. Now I don't, I don't know how many people out there actually remember watching his dad play for Miami back in uh, 2001, 2002 seasons. Uh, but man, that guy was a just a monster at running back. And as much as I hated Miami, and I hated Miami back then. I liked watching that guy play. He was he was so good. He was good. Yeah. Until, until he, and then he ended up screwing up his knee in the championship game. I believe it was against Ohio State in 2002. Then again in the NFL. Yeah. There's, so the guy had a rough career once once he got hurt. But, man, when he was healthy, he was top-notch running back. Yeah, I'm looking forward to him. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what his kid's going to be. Hopefully he can stay healthy and play good. He's going to be a edge rusher i think the linebackers about where they're expecting to be so uh it'd be fun to watch him i think so uh there's a really highly touted offensive tackle that we got out of iowa grant bricks there's been a lot of talk about him in husker land uh is do you see him as a guy that could contribute his freshman year uh I, i'm gonna lean towards no i'm but 
Maybe that's more hope than anything. I'm hoping we don't have to rely on him. I I liked uh, Prohaska at tackle. I thought he did a, a good enough job. I think if you get Corcoran moved inside and then Ben Hart on the other side, Ben Scott at center, and just find that other, maybe it's Henry Litovsky, whoever at the other guard spot. I, I like that offensive line. I don't think it's a bad offensive line. I think they got better as the year went on. Uh, so I, I'm hoping I'm hoping to see him play. I'm hoping him and the Hawaiian kid, I hope we see both of them play their four games. Yeah. But I don't want it to get to a point where we have to rely on freshmen on this line again. Right. So uh, we're talking about uh, Willis McGahee here. And, you know, he, he's the son of a college football star, NFL star. But there's also some other legacy guys that Nebraska signed within Nebraska. I mean, uh, six guys, right? Six of them. D- six of them, yeah. Talk, talk to us about them. All right, well, I, we'll start with the obvious, with, with Dylan Raiola and sure. his dad, Dominic. Everybody knows that. I mean, that's not a big deal. Caleb Benning, I think everybody knows Damon Benning pretty well. Uh, Mario Buford, his brother, Marquise Buford's already playing for us. Uh, I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see if he could come in and fill his brother's shoes. Uh, here was the one that I loved the most. I, I don't know why, but Keelan Smith. To, it's Neil Smith's son. And, you know, I guess to me, Neil Smith was so much older than us, I thought, that you would have thought his son would have graduated a long time ago. Yeah. You know, you would have never thought he had a son at this age anymore. Uh, but, yeah, that's awesome. I, I, you can only hope that he could be close to what his dad was. Uh, Camden Cook, uh, everybody remembers Sam Cook, I'm sure. Longtime NFL punter. Uh, and then Quinn Clark, and I don't remember his dad as well, uh, but Ken Clark was his dad back in the mid-'80s. He was a running back. So, yeah, six guys. That's, And I think we had three or four last year with, like, Maverick Noonan and yeah. a couple of those guys. And I, I can't remember who all was in there, but, I mean, we're – we're we're getting the legacy recruits, and that's. So, do you know what? Why I love this? Uh, well, first of all, let me ask you: Do do you like the legacy? I mean, what, what do you think about all I, this? Stuff? I'll tell you right now: I have mixed emotions on it. And I, here, here's why? my here, here's the reason I mixed emotions on it. I, I think we because you should be able to get these guys right. Like, Dad went here; he should be pushing his kid to come here. You should be able to recruit these guys. So there's that part that so it sucks when you don't get them. At the same time, you expect them to live up to their dad, their their parents' hype, and it, most of the time they can't do it. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I it seems like it's too much pressure on these kids sometimes, and I, it never seems to pan out that well. When's the last time we actually had a kid come in that was better than their parent was? I mean, I'm not saying it's never happened, but maybe uh... maybe a Stein cooler. And I, I I don't know if you could say any of those guys were better than Dean. I mean, Harburg's dad was a walk-on. I would think that he's surpassed him. Right? Okay, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but but I guess I guess this is why I love the legacy stuff. It's because I, I like the nostalgia. You know, we're, we're a child. You know, we were our teen years were during the '90s, right? Yeah. 
And so that was when the epitome of Husker football existed. And so when you hear some of these uh, guys that, you know, as teenagers that we looked up to, and now they're producing offspring that are playing for our beloved Cornhuskers, I love the nostalgia all behind it. Because, one, it's like, I mean, I, I love David Benny. I think, you know, he was a great player, but I think he does an excellent job in the radio, talking. I mean, uh, now he's the voice of the Huskers, you know. Uh, I, Derek, you're laughing. You, you know my, you know my feelings. I know, I know exactly but, how you feel, but but I, I do enjoy him. So when, when like Caleb Benning coming to Nebraska, I like it because you know maybe we get to see a little bit more Damon Benning highlights when Caleb Benning is making a big play. It's like, oh, his dad used to play for Nebraska. Here's a highlight. You know, just for for whatever reason. I, I like the nostalgia thing. That's fair. I, like, again, I don't hate that part. I don't hate the legacy recruiting. I, I will never say I hate seeing these guys come here. I just think, I mean, you get guys like a, like a Baron Miles Jr. Yeah. Like, he was never going to live up to the hype of his dad. No. I mean, his dad was a stud. But you, and Baron Miles Jr., he just, he just transferred. He did. He just transferred the other day. Uh, but w- do you remember how when we heard that he was coming to Nebraska, we're like, oh, hell yeah. One of my favorite Huskers of all oh, time. Yeah. Who didn't love Baron Miles? If you grew up watching 90s Husker football, everybody loved Baron Miles. Everybody. There wasn't a guy who could block a pump better than Baron Miles. But, no, I think... So, Derek, I don't even think you've talked about it. What do you think of this overall, this class? Are you a uh, big fan? I, I, I so we'll we'll get into this. I'll, I'll I'll talk about it, but I'm but I'm bringing this into kind of into the next subject with what I'm going to say. Uh, yes, I like it. I, it's a good class. A uh, lot of lot of great great recruits, <clears throat> but I think we missed some spots. So I'm going to complain a little bit about the recruiting class too. Oh um, wait wait wait! Are you saying we did not hit all the positions of need <laughs> in this class? Yeah, I don't think we did. I, I, no I shit. Think, I think okay. we, went, we went a little overboard on some spots. Okay. Especially in a, we're in a position that we're already over scholarships. Uh, so I went through and I I, I, went, I went off on three, okay, because 24-7 has some athletes in there. And on three doesn't do athletes. They just give them a position. So I went off, this is strictly off what on three is saying. And I bring that up, I bring this up because uh, – I, but I also understand a lot of these guys are going to move positions. They're yeah. not going to be at the positions that they're labeled as. But with that being said, we brought in two quarterbacks. Okay, that's fine. I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> Turns out we need both now. <laughs> yeah. We brought in four tight ends. Yeah. That's puzzling. Don't think we needed four tight ends. We brought in five offensive linemen, six if you want to count uh, Ruggeroli from Nevada. We brought in eight defensive backs, according to On3. Eight. Now, some of these guys, I think, could maybe go to wide receiver, like a Roger Gradney. Um, but I, I don't know. Again, I don't know where all these guys are going to be. But we brought in eight. That was Seven of them were high school recruits with one transfer, that uh, Bly Hill. And then we brought in four wide receivers, which – Fine, we probably need that. Brought in only two linebackers. I think we probably could have went a little bit more there. Only one defensive lineman. 
And I, I like our depth of defensive line. I don't, I don't know that one's the best route to go there, but I don't know if anybody caught on to the one position that was zero was running back. Mm-hmm. And I, of all of all the positions, I think we need. It was was running back. I I still think maybe there's a chance we get a portal guy. Uh, I I don't know, but you can't count on the health of Gabe Irvin. You can't count on the health of Ramir Johnson. And so we're left with basically two scholarship running backs after those two, and Emmett Johnson, who I love, but you're not going to give him the ball 30 times a game. Right. And then Quentin Ives, who the staff seems to love, but we, we haven't really, seen we haven't, we seen haven't seen anything out of him. And again, I. I mean, hopefully the health issues are better next year. But Gabe Irvin's been hurt every single year. So it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, can you rely on him? I, and I hate being that way, but when you've had as many injuries as he's had, it becomes it starts becoming part of your career, right? Sure. So and I, then it also gets it into, it's like, how much does he really want to put into this game because he's hurt all the time? You yeah, know? I mean. Rehab is a bitch. <laughs> I, I and, he, and he just had a serious hip injury that yeah. I, I I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't just by the end of spring go you know what I don't I don't want to do this anymore and I I tell you what I I could not I wouldn't I wouldn't blame him at all I wouldn't either two torn torn ACLs and a dislocated hip yeah I I, I don't want to take too many hits either that yeah. guy's gonna be walking with a walker by the time he's forty yeah Nick I feel Kendrick. like I, sh- I feel like I should be walking with a walker sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you jumped out of an airplane like 56 <laughs> times. <laughs> Our listeners don't know, but you used to be 5'10". <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I, but, no, I don't. I, 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 it's nitpicking a little bit. I get it. But I, 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 I do think some of these places could have been distributed a little bit better as far as the recruits went. I think we got good recruits. I just think that we needed to. Find some positions a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you. You know, I mean, it was a big, big class. I thought they did go overboard with the tight ends. Like four tight ends is like, come on. Now, I now, get what Matt they, Rule is maybe talking they, about. Maybe they moved a defensive end by tight Sure. Person. Or I wide receiver. I mean, Or linebacker. Who knows? When Carter Nelson, I mean, you can do anything. <laughs> but so, I guess I guess this kind of goes on to uh, what Matt Rule's comments were today when he was talking about oh, it. Oh, are you going to say it? Uh if if I say positionless, are you going to drink? <laughs> I'll drink. All right, positionless. <laughs> he loves to say positionless players, and we on this podcast have kind of mocked that a little bit. But the way that he explains positionless players i mean for the first time i was like even though i dread that word positionless drink (laughs) it makes sense it makes sense to what his what he's doing and i guess it took a full year of me to see how he actually operates with the roster right because we heard this positionless offense and defense last year and it's like, oh, I just hate that. I hate when he says that. But you see what he means by it. Because he's moving guys around all over. Guys that, it's like, like wait a second. Yeah, but I know. But can you imagine sitting there in practice and coach telling you, go line up at positionless. 
Yeah, I, I want positionless uh, to be on the depth chart. Actually, I mean, I I I would love to see that. Uh, yeah, I mean, but but yeah, we we, have, we got some really good guys. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But but I, I wonder, especially with the lack of portal guys that we picked up, if there's going to be still be some spots open for those guys. So, Derek, uh, two weeks ago. I think we did an episode talking about transfer players. Uh, we kind of like projected based off of what Matt Rule had said before. You know, they're like maybe go it, after it, three it was, to five. It was three to was five going, transfers. That was going off on three two. Yeah, on three was kind of. I don't know if you want to say they were reporting, but they were talking about expecting about three to five too. I mean, that's we weren't just pulling that number out of the air. That was the right. number that was being said by others. So when it's all said and done, Nebraska signed one transfer today, and uh, and I'm not excited about it. Are you not excited? Really? Okay. I, 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 I let me see him play, I guess. But I, I, he was from FCS school that I've never heard of. Saint Francis. Saint Francis. He played as a true freshman there. Had some okay stats, I guess. I. He's a tall guy. I think he's like six yeah. three. Is that and, right? and, and the player that we're talking about, he's a cornerback, Bly Hill. Bly Hill, yeah. Uh, apparently, his dad played in the NFL for a number Leroy of years. Hill. Leroy Hill, yep. And uh, he's six foot. Well, this is what on three lists him as six three, one sixty five. So he's like a beanstalk, but. Uh, He's no ranked there, but I think two four seven has him listed, rated pretty high as a transfer. They have him as an, I think an eighty seven, eighty seven, yeah, which is so it's know, like a high three star, yeah, fairly, high three star, fairly high three star, mid to high three star, yeah, which is impressive. But it's a guy that they think that they can they can work with over the next few years. Yes, it is a surprise because this guy wasn't he wasn't on. This guy wasn't on a radar that I thought that would happen. But when we did this this episode with three to five transfers, I also thought that the defensive back and cornerback was going to be a position of need that they could get. Cornerback was in my top five. And they went out and they found one. And I was in the opposite. Like, I think if you look at the roster, to me, to me, the, the defensive backs is the area where you have room to lose some people. Mm-hmm. We have so many on the roster. Yeah. And so for us to have added seven high school guys in a transfer was kind of like, holy cow. I, th- I think we went a little overboard there, too. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, still, still a lot of attri- attrition going to happen, and then we'll see where it comes from. So – I know that we are probably like a half hour into this podcast and we have yet to talk about where Nebraska fell in the national rankings and the Big Ten rankings. This is a podcast fail on my part, but I am going to blame the Generation Red podcast for this (laughs) because uh, before we started recording this, Derek and I hopped on with uh, uh, Ken and Scott of the generation red podcast because they had their hundredth episode uh, tonight. So we jumped in and wished them well. And uh, they had a great show. 
They had a lot of people on there. So check out the Generation Red podcast if you're not already. Uh, so, Derek, talk, talk right. to us about the rankings. So I'm, I'm going to talk about all the sites except for ESPN because ESPN yeah, sucks. ESPN. Uh, I, I would talk about ESPN, but you can't even look at them without being a plus subscriber, which they're now wanting $11 a month for. Really? Yeah. yeah I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not going to pay that to listen to ESPN's bullshit. Yeah. Um, so on three has Nebraska ranked uh, 21st in, in, in the country and sixth in the Big Ten. Okay. Uh, 24-7 composite has us at 18th and sixth in the Big Ten. But 24-7 themselves actually has us at 23rd and sixth in the Big Ten. Really? Yeah. 24-7 is not real high on this class. Outside of some of the top guys. Hmm. They only have us with like four four stars. And a is five that star. right? Yeah. Now, composite, because everybody else had them so high, we have seven four stars and one five star. Wow. But, but 24-7 actually doesn't have a lot of those guys as four stars. Uh, and then Rivals, who apparently gives four stars away, like Justin gives his... Underwear away. I don't give them away. People buy them. <laughs> uh, they they uh, have us at 18th and 5th in the Big Ten. Actually, they have us ahead of USC, which shocked the hell out of me. But they also have us with like eight, four, eight, eight or nine four-stars. And so I, <clears throat> I bring this up because just because I want to talk about this a little bit too. Uh I do I do not understand recruiting rankings sometimes, and this is why I don't follow it like Tyler does. Maybe Tyler understands it better. But there's so much discrepancy between each site that I can't – it's hard to follow. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to bring up a few th- – three names. I'll, I'll bring up three names just because I don't want to go through the whole list. Uh, but just, just talk about the number one recruit. You got Rayola, five-star by everybody, except for on three. On three, he's got him as a 96 four-star. Come on, Sean Callahan. And I, well, according to Callahan, that, the reason is, is because on three, the writers don't actually rate the recruits. Where all the other, I guess all the other sites, the writers actually rank the recruits. So what does on three do? Use they the have, AI? They have scouts that actually do it. Hmm. The, the way he's... Wait, is that a red flag? <laughs> could be. <laughs> Could be, but I, I want to talk about just two more guys that that where this discrepancy comes into play a little bit more, and it was two of the guys that we picked up today. Uh, Vincent Shavers, who isn't quite too bad, but he's a three star by everybody. He's a mid three star by by most of all the all the other sites. Eighty seven, eighty eight, mid mid to high three star, I guess. And then Rivals has him as a four-star. And then you have uh, Larry Tarver. Larry Tarver's probably the biggest one. He's an 84 by 20, by on three, and an 86 by 24-7, which is very middle of the road to low three-star. And then Rivals has him as a four-star. And I so I, it's, it's hard to really pick up on these kids because so, – I mean, are these really under the radar talents that rivals is better at 
I recognizing a talent, or is it rivals just giving away four stars a little too easy? Well, I think I think that just goes into the nature of how hard this game is to grade recruits coming out of high school. There's so and, many and different right. variables. And, you know, and, I mean, and let's face it, half of this class, and I hate saying this, but it's, it's just, just the nature of the beast anymore. Half this class will probably have entered the transfer portal or quit playing football or in, in four years will not be part of this team. Yeah. Well, our guy on Twitter, uh, Arbitrary Analytics, uh, great listen or great follow. Actually, we probably should have asked him to join us uh, to fill in for Tyler tonight. <laughs> but uh, uh, he put out a great article, you know, talking about what we're talking about, you know, the recruiting rankings, hits or misses, right? But he did it from a scale from five-star quarterbacks. And uh, over the last whatever years, 37 five-star quarterbacks, uh, and he was trying to follow up with them, right? And like their true freshman year, I'm probably going to butcher this, so we probably should have just had him saying it. But like nine of those... 37 quarterbacks led the team in passing and six of those five-star quarterbacks didn't even sniff the field. And, and I, I text you this and I, I to, to me, both those numbers are shocking because especially here's one thing you have to think of first is that the red shirt rule just changed here in the last three or four years. Yeah where you could play four games. So if they were seeing the field before this last three or four years, you think they're playing a lot because they're not getting on the field just to get some playing time in. Right. So you would think that, no, that nine would be higher because if they're playing that much, then they're probably going to lead the team. And then for six of them to not even sniff the field, again, you would think you wouldn't be wanting to burn red shirts prior to the last three or four years just to see a kid play if he's not going to be your starter anyway. So you, would think, the, you would think that number would be higher because you would think you would have wanted to redshirt a lot more of these five stars. No, I, I, I disagree because I think with the new uh, rule, the redshirt rule, you can play these guys in up to four games. I so get it. why are these guys not even seeing four games? But how do you know they're not? I mean, I don't know where these six guys existed. Out of those 37, those... All six of those guys could have been prior to the red shirt rule. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think so. I, I'll have to look, but I, th- I think these are recent guys. But I mean, I mean, that, if I remember right, they went back to some guys that haven't played for a while. Was the last ten years? It might have. It might have been the last ten years. But I get your point. I was like, don't play a guy to burn his red shirt. But, I mean, it seems like we've had the red shirt rule for a play up into four games for a while. Yeah. So, so I'm just kind of looking at this article real quick. I just kind of want to see. Between 2011 and 2023, okay. 37 five stars. So you're looking at a good seven, eight years in there where there was not the yeah, red shirt. probably. Right. So yeah, I again I stand by my statement that you would think if if you're not going to play him, then you're not going to play him to redshirt him. Yeah. 
you're not going to burn them for one or one game. Right. Uh, so yeah, I would have thought that number would have been a little higher. Uh, but again, I think that, that I would have thought that nine would have been higher too. Cause if you're going to play them, I would think you want to play them a lot. Yeah, probably stick with them. Stick so with them. Yeah. They, they, both numbers really shocked me. So Derek, you just went over all the rankings that we have here. Uh, I mean, the big 10 is expanding beginning next year. We're adding, uh, Oregon. We're adding Washington, USC, UCLA. Before the announcement, it was almost a guarantee that Nebraska was always going to finish in the top four in recruiting. On a down year, maybe five, right? But you can always look at four or five. You could not expect Nebraska to jump higher than four, right? You weren't going to beat out Ohio State ever. No. Probably not Penn State or Michigan. Right. And so, yeah, you were looking at that number four spot. And even then, you were fighting Michigan State. Sure. Uh, maybe Wisconsin, Wisconsin. if they have yeah. something. But you, consistently, you were in that fourth or fifth spot. So, can Nebraska, with, with the teams that we're adding, can they get into the top five of the Big Ten? Because we're jumping to 18 teams. you got to jump high to be competitive yeah. in this team. We're not adding patsies, like <laughs> no. shit teams from the and, and, and it, It's really crazy because I'm, I'm looking at it. Uh, you know, Washington's in the playoff, and we have a better recruiting class than they have right now. Is that right? Yeah, and, I, and, and that's by all the services. And I, that blows me away. Cause you, what, what are they ranked, by the way? I, I, I didn't look specifically where they were ranked. I, I can look it up. But uh, – Right now, the teams that are ahead of us are is Ohio State, uh, Oregon, USC, and most of them, Penn State, and Michigan. And then we're sitting there at number six. So, for what it's worth, I'm on, on three right now, and Washington is ranked 28. So, they're just right for, behind us, pretty much. Yeah, we're ranked 21 on on three today. But, but that's crazy, right? Yeah. Like they're a playoff team. Yeah. They're sitting there at the number two spot in the playoffs. And, and we're recruiting better than they are. Now it's got to start showing up on the field. Yeah. We've been saying that for years, haven't <laughs> oh, we? Oh, God, it feels like forever. It feels like forever we've been saying that, Justin. But, it's, I mean, but it's, eventually it's got to happen, right? We've been doing this show for eight years, and every preseason – like how are we gonna do is good because why? Because talent wise, we're talented. <laughs> we're more talented than every team in the West. And yet we can't seem to beat them. We just can't seem to beat them. Ah yeah yeah. I know Jeffrey Greek would be laughing at both of us for that one, but but it's true. Like we've out recruited <clears throat> Iowa every year. We've out recruited Wisconsin most years. So as we, but it doesn't wrap- mean you could beat them. You got to be able. Show, it has to start showing up on the field. Yeah. So as we wrap up the show here, so early signing day has come and it's gone. Uh, Nebraska came out in my estimation a big winner, and Dylan Rayola has a lot to do with that. We have another signing day coming up, the first Wednesday of February. So that's going to be coming up here in two and a half months. Do we even have, I mean, 
are we even going to have a February signing day at Nebraska? Is there any room? I mean, what what, I, do we, what can we do? Again, I think we're so far over now. I, I don't think there's room. If there's anything that we're going to try and do, it's going to be probably pull another transfer or two. But you still have to make room but for you, them. But you still have to make room for them. And I so yeah. so so yeah, no, I don't I don't believe there's gonna be any recruit in that February recruiting class. But it's not just Nebraska. Like that, that February recruiting period just will go away. Because you're not getting anybody at that point anyway. All the high talent already signed. I tell you what, I wish that they would restructure all of this. Uh I put a tweet out from our account. And it's mainly because I was watching a, uh, a football remember, game last night, UTSA, right? Remember, Polini always wanted it to be where you could sign as soon as you committed if you wanted. Yeah, if you wanted to, just do it. It's like, hey, if you want in. And I think there's a lot of coaches that feel that way. Bill Bush, uh, he's on 93.7. He feels the same way. Just just sign. If you want to commit, okay, we'll take you. I've been able to cut back a lot on these false commitments. Oh, I'm sure. But, uh, oh, shit, I, I lost my train of thought, thought here. So you, you you had an idea of, of what to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Restructuring so, the commitment or the. So stop with the transfer portal opening it when it was. Watching the bowl games, it's, it's dog shit with all the transfers. Don't open the transfer portal until January 1st, minimum. After January 1st, then you can open up that transfer portal. Keep people in school. Keep people involved in these games. Sure, they may not, they may choose not to play, but these bowl games, there's too many bowl games, and they're all dog shit right now because nobody is staying at their school. Uh, Ohio, I mean, Ohio, they had a great year going for, you know, their 11th win. And, I mean, half their offense, all their skill positions were gone. It's like, what are we doing? I mean, the sport that we love, the the sport that we say is the best sport on the planet has the worst postseason out of every sport. Yeah, that's fair. It is worse than, like, a a YMCA summer league. It's been like that since we've been watching it, really. But... But, but it's, it's getting, getting worse. worse. It's getting it's worse. gotten worse because of right, NIL and transfer portal, and players sitting out. I mean, sure. I mean that's been going on. I I, I don't want to blame Willis McGahee, but watching Willis McGahee do what he did to his knee in two thousand two really kind of start sparked that whole. You know what? Maybe because he lost out on millions of dollars. He was first round pick, easy. Look, I get that. I completely get that. If you want to sit out of a meaningless bowl because now, you're going to the NFL, but if you're sitting out of a meaningless bowl because you want to transfer to Northern Illinois, then fuck you. <laughs> but but here's the thing. Like, uh, okay, let's uh, let's talk about Kyle McCord for a minute. Okay, <clears throat> Kyle McCord's going to make some money, right? He's going to make money. Like Syracuse, Syracuse is going to pay him some money. I don't know what they're paying him, but I, I'm pretty sure it's seven figures. Or close to, if it's not. Uh, so you really want him to play in a bowl game with Ohio State, who don't even really act like they want him there, and have him risk getting hurt, and then he loses out on a any kind of. NIL Would he have deal? played 
If he was not allowed to transfer, would he have played? I I don't know. Probably not. But because it wouldn't have been smart to. Because he was gonna he was gonna enter the portal, whether it opened up early December or early January, he was had it in his head that he was gonna transfer. And the last thing he was gonna do is go play in that bowl game, tear his ACL, and be fucked out of a an NIL deal later on. It is a big game. I mean, it's a BCS game. I mean, at least that's what we're told, right? That's what we're told. The BCS games are the big games, right? Yeah, but nobody gives a shit about them unless it's a playoff game. You yeah. know that as well as I do. And well, how? Ask Florida State. Even... Ask Florida State how much they care about a BCS bid right now. Oh, yeah. I, they, don't, right. they, don't, they don't give a shit. Well, look at Texas. Their backup quarterback at Texas behind Quinn Ewers who is just a turned ankle away from playing in a playoff. What's he do? Transfers. But you know what? He would have been there. He would have been there. That coaching staff would have loved for him to be there if they would open up that transfer portal on January 1st. What's that? They got Arch Manning right behind him. He knows where he stands. I'm I'm, I'm just saying. I I, I hate where college football is going. Justin, I I get where you're coming from. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not trying to argue with you on this. I, I, I agree with you. I hate it, too. I just I just understand it, I guess. Like I, I'm not, I'm not going to turn down a big payday like that and risk injury. Because if they have a season where they're going to lose the whole season or have an injury where they're going to lose the whole season. Back in my day, if I had an opportunity to play Bowling Green in a bull game, I would have taken that shot. <laughs> Just give me a chance, coach. Put me in. I could throw that ball over the mountains over there. Yeah. I'll take I mean, care of Bowling Green. Yeah, absolutely we would have. But we also weren't, wouldn't have gotten paid for that. Not that well, we were ever no, going to make no, college I mean, football no. anyway. But, huh. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, it's just a different world we live in. And it's all, it's all centered around the big money. <laughs> yeah. There's so much more. There's so much money in college football. It just... It aggravates me because I love watching bowl games, and every single year they look like they're. It's like it's unwatchable. My, you know me, I love to gamble on sports, right? And love that's why, and that's why you're sports. mad because you can't gamble worth the shit on it because you don't know who's playing. Well, I, I haven't been. I mean, it's it's unwatchable. But I I, I am. I would say it's unwatchable. I've watched most of the bowl games. I, I will say I missed uh, last night. The UTSA game. game was oh my god! I did, I did I did not watch that one, but I've watched most of the other ones. I but guess. I'm in college bull, bull pickums, and it's so unwatchable. It's like, all right, I, I've enjoyed some of them so far, but a couple of but, them have been okay. But but again, the, you're never into these games because it's all lower tier teams. I don't. It's action. Derek, that is what we loved. Only That's... for gambling. Only for gambling. It wasn't that we enjoyed the games. <laughs> no, we, we loved that. <laughs> During the season, there's nothing like a Wednesday night matching game to with a few on, yes. dollars on. Yeah, you're, and you're right. Mm-hmm. And that's, but that's what all these games are right now. They're just matching games. Well, no. I, it, it'll be different, I think. I, I, I think you'll feel different when the Power Five teams really start playing each other. I hope so, because... I need something. I need I need real football. I, mean, I know we've had a few like shit. UCLA kind of play. They played Boise State and yeah. got destroyed. But we'll see. I wait. Yeah. Hey, 
UCLA. Way to way to represent the Big Ten, assholes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, is this our last episode of the year? I mean, our listeners want to know. I, I, I assume so, unless something big happens. Okay. Well, so I, 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 I assume that uh, probably not doing one next week with uh, holidays. and. Okay. Well, to all of our listeners that are out there, especially all the listeners that are listening to us this late after this episode right here, we want to thank everybody for listening. Happy holidays to you and your families. Enjoy your time off. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy your family. I mean, me and the cousins, we're family. We do this podcast because we're family. We love our family. So I hope you do too. Keep this up. Uh, Special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together. Uh, Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. Please review, guys. Please review. On behalf of Derek, this is Justin. This is Justin. (laughs) We want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go Big Red. Go Big Red. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Yes, indeed.